Percy, have you found it true that negative circumstances can, in many cases, change your worldview for the better? Oh, indeed, my friend. Negative circumstances, in many cases, can be a huge wake-up call for many that can cause one to stop and smell the roses around them. Perhaps we should discuss this a bit further today on the show. All right. We're going to hear from a school principal who said that she began to see the beauty in simple things after her cancer diagnosis. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Pastor P, are you ready for a good conversation here today? I'm ready to let her rip, my friend. I can't <laughs> wait to get into this discussion. Yeah, we're going to hear from a very special lady here today, Corby Naylor, and she's going to tell a story. I just want you to buckle up for that story she's going to tell about uh, how her students treated her after her cancer treatment. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. That's all I'm going to say about it. What do you say, Percy? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's all we need to say. That's a good tease, my friend. And again, it'll be well worth the wait for sure. Okay. Well, let's start with a question for our listeners. Uh, do you want to pose this week's question? And the question for today is, have you ever found beauty during hard challenges and negative circumstances? Hmm. Have you ever found beauty during challenges and negative circumstances. That can be a challenge, though, can it? It can be a challenge, but again, I think the school of thought here, and it'll be become more profoundly clear after we listen to today's conversation, is that our senses are, are enlightened to other things and, and are more open to other things when we are under negative challenges mm -hmm. that we see differently. We may have a different filter that we're looking through, and it changes our perspective and our uh, trajectory of how we uh, look at and how we approach certain things. So it's very possible for this to happen. So I think this is a very interesting school of thought. Yeah, so if that's been your experience, we'd love to hear about it. You can answer the question that Percy posed when you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Simply click on Connect, and there'll be a drop-down box there where you can type in your response. And believe me, we read these responses, and they're very helpful to us as we plan future programs and just get some feedback from our listeners. It's so important we make this a, a two-way conversation, Percy. We want to hear from our listeners. We want to know what you're thinking, and we certainly want you to begin to uh, continue to give us uh, some thoughts and feedback based upon the questions that we ask. So, yes, we are listening. We want to hear from you. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's go to God's Word to open up today, and then we'll hear from our guest. Psalms 103. Psalms 103 is going to be our spiritual nugget and base that we're going to build this uh, platform and house on today. And we're going to read verses two through five. And it is profound and it'll work very well with regard to today's conversation. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things so that you and your youth is renewed like the eagles. Today, this scripture is going to help to establish the conversation that we're going to hear from an amazing cancer survivor and her journey with regard to understanding to stop and take time 
and appreciate and thank God for the small things in her life. We will hear from that guest in just a moment. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool. It empowers users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And you can also access this tool in any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill. Well, hey, 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 I'm back with another compelling conversation. And today we have Corby Naylor, uh, who treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Phoenix, diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in 2019 and completed her active treatment uh 2020. Uh, She had chemotherapy. She's received surgery. uh, And now today she's here to tell her story. And she is now being uh, clinically listed as no evidence of having disease. And so we celebrate her and we thank God for her as she's only in an observational mode. Welcome today to the show. Corby, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being with us today. And um, as I understand it, you are—you have been in the education field for 21 years. You are a school principal. You're married to uh, an Air Force pilot, and you're a mother of three children. Correct? That is correct. And so, yeah, you've uh, you've covered some landscape for sure. There's no doubt about that. With that being said, let's talk about the day that you received your diagnosis of being told that you had cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you heard those words? So I was actually at a conference doing some uh, training with colleagues, uh, many of my colleagues in education. And ironically, the training was hosted at the first school that I ever taught at Mm -hmm. um, back in 1999. Um, so I was actually sitting on a park bench very close to my, um, my first ever classroom Ah. and I got a phone call back from, uh, the radiologist and I'd had abnormal, um, mammogram results before that had had to be followed up with needle biopsies. Um, but they'd all turned out benign. She was fairly confident that it was uh, not going to be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so when she called me, she asked me, um, if there was somewhere I could sit down to receive, and if I was ready to receive the news. So I had a feeling that it was not going to be a good thing. So I grabbed a, um, close colleague of mine and I, I pulled her over next to me and I said, I think I'm going to need you right now. And she sat down with me as the doctor said the words that, um, unfortunately, um, it is cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, we did find a malignancy. And then she said a lot more things after that, but to be honest, um, I had reverted to my survival state. I was, um, if everything felt muffled, um, like I said, felt like I was underwater. I couldn't hear anything. Um, incredible feelings of fear and um, overwhelm. Um, and I, you know, I moved around a lot. People put me in cars, took me out of cars. At some point, my husband showed up multiple days. I remember just being um, completely um, you know, it's surreal, honestly. And and to that point, Corby, you're exactly right. I'm a former cancer patient myself. And I, I remember the day that I heard those words. And for many people, everything else just kind of stops. 
Uh, sometimes you kind of blank out uh, or, you know, you feel like you're just kind of underwater and you're, you're, you're really trying to uh, find your sense of, of, of being coherent. And, uh, you know, you're trying to get your, your bearings about you. And sometimes it takes a little while for that to happen. Uh, thank God for your community and for your village of support. Sounds like that you had wonderful support of family and friends. Let's talk about the power of your village and, and the power of, of, of great support. How did that help you and impact you? Yeah, so I will tell you that um, that is a huge part of my story, and you'll see it as a recurring theme when I talk about my experience with cancer. Yeah. Um, my my Air Force family, um, my neighborhood, my school family, um, my actual family and friends, yep. they stepped up in such huge ways. Um, you know, the last day of my chemo when I was, um, we had the bell ringing. I had 100 people at CTCA that were there for my bell ringing. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, followed by on our way home, my husband drove me by our school, by my school. And I had a, I got a text message right at that moment that said, Mrs. Naylor, since we couldn't bring all of the students at Scott Libby to your chemo bell ringing, we brought your bell ringing to you. And every student and staff member was standing outside against the fence ringing bells as I drove by. Wow. I mean, beautiful, incredible yeah. moment yeah. of uplift. Um, you know, I know now that cancer was not, um, did not happen to me. It was given to me as a blessing by God. Okay. I was put in my life because I am strong enough to handle it. And because I um, have been able to be, a support system to others, you know, probably 50 people since I was diagnosed that I communicate with, I have communicated with, um, either through texting every day, going to treatments with them, um, lending them, you know, items that were helpful for me, uh -huh. um, just, you know, reminding them that they're, that you have to go through it. And the only way through is through, but that there is light and beauty and, um, incredible things on the other side of that treatment. And, and you shared with me earlier before we started recording that you said that, uh, which may sound strange to some, not to me, that if you had the choice to do cancer over again, you would. I would. I would. Cancer, um, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but, you know, it's given me some perspective on things mm. that I think um, everybody else doesn't always have. You right. know, I remember walking outside of my house one day and seeing the tree in my front yard and the wind was blowing it. And I just watched the leaves moving. And I thought, I'm looking around at people just walking by. And I remember thinking, the invisible air moves leaves every day yeah. and it's a miracle right in front of our face. And we walk past it. Like it's not even happening. Right. I mean, and I get to see those things. Now I get to see things and notice things and appreciate beauty and simple, simple things that we walk past all the time because we've gotten so busy in our lives. And so we're so important, you know, that we, yeah. Yeah. we don't, we don't notice these incredible blessings that are all around us. Um, and cancer gave that to me. And I wish everyone could have that perspective and that lens without having to go through what I went through. But I'm thankful for it. And I wouldn't I would not change it. Well, it's it's one of the gifts of cancer. I talk about it often on the show. Uh, I, I'm actually going to do some writing about that because it's it's something that people really don't quite understand unless they've been in those shoes. But cancer changes your trajectory and your perspective and your your worldview about yourself and others around you. And it really can become a gift when you get on the other side of that. And so thank God for that. And then the other thing, too, that I wanted to highlight is cancer is not an individual sport. Uh, it, this is a team sport and that cancer patients need a community, a tribe and a village to wrap their arms around them and help them work through and power through the process. And then what happens, and then I want to just kind of talk about this, you now have become 
an advocate for cancer patients. Yeah. You are now providing love, support, community, and encouragement. And so cancer has kind of become a mission for you or a yeah. mission field that you're now on. And I just want to salute you, my dear, for for just taking cancer and flipping it around and saying, I'm not going to let you drag me into a pit. Or as you said, initially, you know, you felt like you was drowning. And then once you, once you surfaced, you came up strong. You're now a strong yeah. swimmer and you're helping others to swim through these tides. Of, of negativity and, and certainly uncertainty. With that being said, you also express uh, your sense of spirituality. And one of the things that you shared with me that I love and appreciate is that, you know, you may not necessarily uh, project a conventional, quote unquote, religious path of sorts, but your spirituality also is connected to the idea of, of your environment and, you know, being out in the mountains. Let's talk a little bit about the power of your spirituality that yeah. helped you work through your process of cancer. Yes. So um, I find God in maybe a little bit less conventional places. Um, you know, everybody has their places where they feel they're close to their spirituality. They're sanctuary. For me, they're sanctuary. Yes. For <laughs> me, it's very much in nature, um, by the ocean, in the mountains, um, in the desert, hiking and, um, you know, being kind of out in the beautiful creation that the world is. Yeah. Um, and also very much so in the people that have been placed in my life. So I know that it's no accident. Um that cancer happened to me. And, and like I was sharing with you, I remember a moment standing by the ocean and I'd been very much in a little bit of a slump trying to figure out why this is happening. Yep. And, you know, my, my life story has shown me time and time again, that sometimes you don't know the reason that you're walking a certain path. And sometimes it's not the way that you want to go, but it's always, always, always been for the right reasons in the end. It's just that I can't always see them from the place where I'm standing. And so I was standing there trying hard um, to figure out, <laughs> what the, what the long-term plan was and trying to trust in it, but it was really, really a hard moment. And I saw this quote that said, um, the reason you're going through this part of your story is so that someday you can write the survival guide for someone else. And in that moment, I knew, I knew it was given to me. I knew that it was something that, uh, it's an obstacle that I was capable of overcoming and that it was going to teach me things that I could use to help other people. And so um, every opportunity I get to share that story or to support someone who's in that, that, you know, place of despair, you know, we talk about empathy and now it's not so much as me just lobbing pity at someone from afar. Yeah. I can climb down in that dark hole with them and yeah. sit with them in that darkness and help them see that light at the end. And so I know it was given to me so that I could be more for other people that might need it. And so yeah. I remember uh, that moment looking at the ocean, choosing to breathe in confidence and faith and positivity and choosing to blow out as I was exhaling physically, picturing um, doubt and fear and negativity leaving my body. And I did that probably 20 times. Yeah. And I turned around and I made that decision in that moment that I was changing the way I was looking at this diagnosis. Wow, 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 wow. And it is true. Cancer patients do not need nor want your pity, but they will certainly receive and be empowered with your empathy and uh, climbing down in the hole, as you would say. Thank God for your your visual meditation, uh, the power of, of uh, again, of understanding uh, what I am absorbing into my being and what I am releasing out of my being. So spiritual, so biblical, uh, so powerful. 
uh, I, I'm just inspired by you in so many ways. Uh, very quickly, in with the few minutes that we have left, uh, you said that you did receive your clinical care of, you had chemotherapy and that you had a double mastectomy. And then you had some other things done just to kind of make sure that you were uh, being as proactive as you possibly can. Talk to us a little bit just about your, your kind of your clinical pathway. Sure. So I, I was, um, I, I found to have a BRCA2 mutation, my, my grandmother, my, on my father's side, actually, and he's still alive and has never had cancer, but my grandmother on his side, uh, did die younger of what turns out to be ovarian cancer. But at the time we didn't realize there was a genetic connection. Mm. Um, so I did inherit that gene, okay. um, among many other beautiful things from my father and my grandmother. Um, and so, uh, because of that, we made the decision to go ahead and, you know, I've already had my children. So I went ahead to me to remove my ovaries and a full hysterectomy to remove the uterus. Okay. Uh, I did a direct to implant um, uh, double mastectomy, which turned out also to be a blessing okay. and um, just kind of mitigated that risk yep. um, as much as I could. Yep. Um, and, you know, you talk about pity, and I think that's a really important point, because that was the, the thing I feared more than death in cancer, not more than death, I'm sorry, second only to death in cancer, was being pitied. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a principal of a, of a high-achieving school. I'm the wife of a fighter pilot. I'm the mother of three exceptional children, you know. Yeah. I'm an adventurer. I'm an athlete. I'm not someone to be pitied. And I just was terrified of that moment where I'd walk through the grocery store with a bald head, and somebody would look at me with pity. And what I found is that what we put out into the world comes back to us. So when we put out confidence and energy and we're met with hope, we're met with respect. And so what I put out into the world came back to me and I never felt pity once. Um, So I'm I'm thankful for that. That's a choice that I'd made. And it's something that I share with other people. Hold your head high. Be proud of your scars. It means you were stronger than whatever was trying to hurt you. That is correct. You're awesome. You're so awesome. (laughs) Having said that, as we close, what today continues to fuel or propel or energize your hope? So there's so much hope. There's so much hope out there and there's hope in cancer treatment. You know, cancer used to be a really, really scary word. And, you know, things like mastectomy meant something different than they do now. So when someone gets that diagnosis, I just hope that you, you take, you know, see beyond the, the notoriety of the word, because there is hope out there. There's so much medical research. You know, when I was going through cancer treatment and I would think about the nurses and the staff at, and doctors at CTCA and how they would just get up in the morning and make their coffee and make breakfast for their kids and go to work like normal humans mm. to cure cancer. And I thought, I mean, what an incredible incredible superhero job to get up in the morning and go to work to cure cancer. And they're doing it. You know, it might not be as fast, unfortunately for everyone as, as everyone needs it, but it is happening and it is moving in that direction. And there is so much hope in that. And the other thing is, I think there's just so much hope in, in people and um, in the the people God put on this earth to take care of each other. Um, You know, we have, incredible, you know, we're brothers and sisters to, to everyone on the planet, that humanity piece, you know, taking care of strangers, taking care of friends, you know, stepping in instead of stepping back when somebody's hurting, being willing to be the one that shows up. And even though it makes yourself vulnerable because you don't know if that's what they're going to want or not want, you know, it's so much better to be too much than not enough, you know, so show up for your people because it meant so much when I was going through my treatment to have everyone around me lifting me up. And I know that, um, it's my turn to pay that back and I've been gifted with the ability to do it in a huge way. So thank you so much also for allowing me to come on today. And oh, share that it's, it was absolutely uh, my privilege. And again, uh, this is this, this wonderful woman who's an advocate and, and feel with hope 
started out with this comment. She told me from the first call to CTCA, she felt like someone threw her a lifeline. I was literally drowning in an ocean of fear and uncertainty. That's not who you are today. That's not what you are today. Uh, you are strong. You are powerful. You are an advocate. You are a survivor and a thriver. And so we thank you. This has been Corby Naylor. You've listened to today. Treated uh, at CTCA Phoenix uh, is now in an observational mode, no longer receiving active treatment or therapy. Originally diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in 2019 and today standing tall like a redwood tree declaring that the best is still yet to come. Thank you, Corby. Bless you and your family. Uh, Let's stay in touch, my dear. What a special lady. We'll talk more about this interview with Corby Naylor coming up in a moment with Percy McRae. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America with City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, I want to talk about that conversation with Corby Naylor here we heard just a few moments ago. Remarkable that she wouldn't change anything after what she's been through. Well, she has a, uh, an amazing uh, energy, obviously. You know, she's a an educator. You know, she's married to a, a jet pilot fighter. Uh, you know, so there, there's, a, there's a dynamic of kind of just enthusiasm and adventurism and I think a go-getter uh, disposition that takes place. But, yeah, when I asked her that question, you know, and I ask this from time to time, uh, just to see what people will say, she, uh, you know, and the question that I posed to her was, you know, if she had to do it all over again and having cancer, would she? And she said, absolutely. She said, I wouldn't change a thing. And and it and it really helps to challenge us. And I hopefully I hope that someone that is listening, I know that if you're not in the midst of a cancer journey or you have not experienced that, it may be very hard to kind of wrap your head around that. But I do know, being a cancer patient and survivor, that again, cancer changes a lot about how your mental makeup, mindset, worldview, and how you see things. And for her, what was really important was the fact that she said that, you know, we get so busy and, you know, ripping and running and, you know, building our careers and doing all the things that we need to do. And I can only imagine as a uh, uh, a, a school principal, an administrator, she has a million and one different things oh, that boy, she has sure. to manage. Yeah. And, you know, in, including being a mom, that she said that we get so busy that we we miss out on the small things of life. We overlook them. We, we walk right by them. And it is absolutely true. And so she said, you know, she started taking walks and, and, and just enjoying nature and looking at trees and began to just absorb and understand the blessings that we just casually walk by every day. And she said cancer helped to give her that renewed perspective and that she's grateful for that today. Yeah. The word that uh, came to my mind as I listened to you talking with Corby 
was indomitable, which to me <laughs> means she is unconquerable. You know, yeah. doesn't that fit who this person is? It absolutely does. And it goes back to, I think, you know, the nature of the work that she does, you know, who, who she's married to. Yeah, there's there's kind of a, uh, you know, a maverick there, you know, if I could use that <laughs> word, you know, uh, that, listen, I'm going out and, you know, I got to do what I've got to do and I will not allow anything to stop me or, or change my course of direction. And, and in this particular case, for her particular conversation, it added, it enhanced, uh, I, I think, her sense of, of being and how she went about her day and her world. And part of that was to stop to smell the roses yeah. and to enjoy life and, and understand that there is a greater creator involved in all that is happening with us. And we can choose to focus on the negative, which is what many people tend to do and will default to that place. But she said she made a conscious decision to take the other path. And that was, I will not, I will not be conquered because part of my healing and my pathway is I'm going to stop to enjoy the blessings of God that I have and that are sitting in front of me that maybe in times past I may have ignored or did not acknowledge and, and was not able to uh, understand. But today that is very much part of her daily mantra, her walk, and her intentionality is to enjoy and appreciate that which is sitting in front of her every day. All right, listeners, I warned you as uh, that interview progressed that you were going to hear a moment, and I, I still have a tear in my eye thinking of that moment she described of having the bell ceremony mm. at the hospital, and we can talk more about that, but then driving by the school yeah. and having all the students out front ringing bells. I mean, is, is that great or what? That had to be an amazing emotional lift, you know, talking about uh, being a pilot and flying a plane, uh, that which I know and understand about, you know, the aerodynamics that gives a plane, you know, flight is there has to be thrust and there has to be some lift. I would have to imagine that, you know, <laughs> driving by and having all of the students of the school where she is a principal uh, stand out with with signs and wave and 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 cheer her on had to give her a tremendous lift that would allow her plane to continue to elevate and soar uh, because of being cheered on with that type of love and energy and compassion. And again, we talk about it a lot, Wayne. Cancer patients are. This is not a uh, 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 you know this is a team sport. You need someone to support you and stand around you and transfer energy and love and compassion to you. And I would imagine when she saw that and when she felt that, that there was something that gave her a tremendous lift in her heart and in her spirit and in her consciousness. But what a moment yeah. to have that and experience that. That had to be very profound. Yeah, I don't know. Do all hospitals do that? The the bell ringing when someone completes a, 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 a phase of, of uh, their treatment? I think today that, that that has become a much more commonplace scenario because what it does, and it's very important, uh, it's the same thing that, that I learned early on in ministry as a pastor and as a chaplain, that when, when you have uh, scenarios that come to an end, uh, the word that they use clinically is having closure. Yeah. You know, there's a psychological and emotional uh, time and place to, to close a situation mm -hmm. and, and do something or say something yeah. that, that earmarks, we are closing this. And I think that the bell ringing now at hospitals when people, uh, particularly when they finish their uh, chemotherapy or their radiation, is a sign of closure. Yeah, to it's say a celebration, that, isn't it? And that's exactly right. You have achieved this mark. You have gotten to this point, And there needs to be something very visceral 
and visible that you do that that kind of resonates within the consciousness uh, of one's being. It's sort of like at the end of a, a, a NASCAR race when they when they wave the checker flag, you know, that this is it. It's over with. You have achieved this goal. And so many uh, healthcare facilities now, I believe, have incorporated uh, this ceremony of, of, of achievement and closure and celebration of finishing up chemotherapy and or radiation treatment. Well, I'm so glad she shared that with us here. Again, our guest, Corby Naylor. Uh, and you can go back and re-listen to the interview anytime because this is a podcast. So you can just hit mm. rewind and go back, so to speak, and, and <laughs> yeah. listen again. I found it so inspirational. Uh, speaking of inspirational, we have inspirational thoughts for cancer patients as a resource this week that we can put into the hands of our listeners very easily. All you do is go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and it's right there. Inspirational Thoughts for Cancer Patients as a free resource. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the other thing you can do, Percy, when you go to our website, you know this, is you can answer a question this week. Yep. And after hearing from Corby here today, I think maybe it prompted some thinking on the part of some listeners. I'd love to have their response to the question, have you ever found beauty during hard challenges and negative circumstances? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think? Can we, can we urge people to answer that question? We can, and, I, and we want to hear from you. Please, please, please uh, give us some feedback. And after hearing this conversation today, there may be something that may have been, you know, tripped in the thinking of individuals that, yeah, you know, I remember when I went through this, it, it caused me to stop and think about, you know, the blessings in my life, the people in my life, things that I have that I have versus focusing on the situation or the scenario. And what it does in that regard is like a mental transfer. You know, you begin to change your focus from one thing to something else, which then can then empower one to move through that challenge. And so please uh, respond. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And when we have time on another show, uh, potentially we'll read some of those answers. Yeah. You know, there's one more thing. Thing that occurs to me, and that is, of, of course, we'd, we'd love to see this positive turn in people when they go through a cancer journey, but you have to let them do it on their time at their pace, don't you? Well, again, every this, you know, we use the expression here, and I coined this phrase many years ago. We must allow the patient, and this is critical when we're when we're providing care and support. We must allow them to be the bus driver. We cannot get behind the wheel of their bus and drive it where we want them to go. They must navigate and negotiate that at their time when they're ready. And sometimes we have to just be patient and wait for the patient to come along and, and make those directional changes. But be careful not to be a backseat driver hmm. and to take over the wheel of their bus. We need to allow them to drive their yeah. bus. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful for your help here as uh, we talk about these things, Percy. And I'm so grateful for our listeners who respond to our podcast and do things like download the free resource and answer mm. the question of the week. We really appreciate you doing those things. One more thing you can do is you can subscribe to the podcast and in doing so, leave a comment or a review of this podcast online. That's always very, very helpful. Please, please. We want to hear from you. Let other people know how this show is being a blessing to you. We want to grow this audience. Please help us do so. Well, let's go back to that note of praise and uh, end our program on that note. Psalms 103, we're going to close the way that we began. And our spiritual nugget is praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. That's what we heard Corby uh, enumerate and declare that she began to just praise God and look at the beauty around her. And she did not want to forget 
all of God's benefits. But here's some benefits that we need to remember that we have access to potentially. And it's number uh, one is in verse three, who forgives all of your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I would say that Corby is living and walking and is the epitomization of this text. And she, I'm sure at some point, probably has uh, incorporated this to encourage herself to not forget about the benefits of God and the beauty that is around us, no matter what our challenges and our circumstances are. All right. That's Percy McRae. Pastor P is director of faith-based programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Now, there's one thing you want us to do. What is it again? I always forget every week what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't want you to forget, and I want you to remember (laughs) to keep chopping the wood because we've got work to do. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Percy. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.